The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Experiences Unexplained. My name is Jesse Clark. This is a show where we discuss and talk about all things paranormal, but we focus on people's personal experiences. This is a storytelling podcast, if you will, where we listen to each other's stories and discuss the events that happen. If you are a new listener and you would like to submit a personal experience of your own, please feel free to visit experiencesunexplained.com and click on the Submit Your Experience tab. I will also have that link for you down in the show notes. And when you visit our website, you'll find three different methods that you can use to submit your experience. The preferred method is for you to call our Experiences Unexplained hotline at 1-270-290-0900. When you call this hotline, you can simply just leave a voicemail of you telling your story like you would tell it to someone who's never heard the story before. Please try to make sure if you call the hotline and record your story that the background noise in your home is quiet and that way we can get a nice quality recording and I can actually use it for an episode on the show. I would also like to add, if you would like to stay anonymous, that's totally fine. No need to leave your name. But if you could leave maybe a description or a possible location or a general area of where the event happened, I would love to hear that. Geographical location can be extremely important, especially when it comes to events such as like cryptid sightings. There are certain geographical locations that are known as paranormal hotspots. 
And there are some towns and regions that have their own local legends or cryptids and nicknames for these monsters that everyone sometimes occasionally see. So when you leave your story, if you could at least tell what region or state this experience occurred in, I think that would help us kind of put pieces together and try to look for a common ground or trend. And I think if one person submits a story from a certain region, I think that will help get other callers call in and be like, yeah, I live in that same area and I experienced something similar. And that's what I'm shooting for for this show. I want people to call in more often and I want people to actually use the hotline. I want to encourage people to actually tell their stories because when I started this show, that's mainly what I wanted. I wanted this show to be other people telling their own personal stories. So please do not hesitate to use that hotline to tell your story. And if you know someone who hasn't listened to the show, but you know they have a good story, give them that hotline number. Have them call. It doesn't matter if they've heard the podcast or not before. I would love to hear anyone and everyone's story. Okay, so now that we have those opening announcements out of the way, I have to apologize to you all. If you have looked at a calendar at any point today, you're realizing that today is Sunday and that there should have been a new episode last night, not today. Well, I dropped the ball and for that I'm extremely sorry. It's not unusual to talk about death and loss on this show, but this kind of death was not the kind I was wanting to talk about. I had came home from work and I went to start working on the new episode for this week and my laptop would not come on and when I plugged it up, the screen lit up, but it was a black screen and it was just the beach ball of death. And I was like, oh man, is this the end? Is this the end of the podcast? Because... Everything that I needed for the podcast is on this MacBook, so rookie mistake on my end, and I need to get a hard drive, but eventually I got my MacBook up and going, so hopefully it is smooth sailing from here on out. And if it happens again, I will be more prepared. And although you guys had to wait, I hope that tonight's stories will be worth it because tonight's episode is truly a special one. In fact, I am dedicating this episode to my great aunt, Geneva Howard. Unfortunately, she passed away this September and the events that we are going to talk about tonight actually occurred in her home. I'm not going to give away the exact location of her home, but her house was located in Paris, Kentucky, which was my hometown where I grew up. My great aunt Geneva was a very sweet lady and she will be very missed and I can honestly say that I don't think I would be as interested in the paranormal as I am today if it wasn't for her and the experiences that I had in her house. Now, her home wasn't always paranormally active. It started out of nowhere, and it actually started with this little noise that sounded like a whistle or a chirp. And it would occur at like the same time, almost 10 o'clock at night. It would be around, I think it was like around 9.56, 9.57. It was almost almost 10 o'clock at night. And at the same time, there would be a little whistle or a chirp. 
when my great aunt passed away and family members were going through her belongings, I asked if they came across the old tapes and recordings of us investigating, could I have those? And they actually found those tapes. I was actually surprised after all these years, my great aunt had, I don't know, there's probably like 20, 25 tapes of us investigating and recording and doing EVP sessions on these little analog micro cassette tapes. And not only did she have the tapes, but she had handwritten notes of what was going on in these recordings, like bookmarks, like at minute 107, I asked the question, what do you want? And there's no response. Like she was actually trying to communicate and get down to the bottom of what was going on in her home. And I love the fact that she kept these tapes and these handwritten notes after all these years. And I cannot thank my family enough for letting me have these after she's passed. I was so happy and I had a plan for these tapes. I was going to convert them digitally and I was going to play the evidence, the EVPs of the greatest paranormal experience that I've ever witnessed and I can't get these tapes to play right in the micro cassette player. It's the most frustrating thing in the world because the little spools that spin the cassette tape won't continuously spin. They'll stop and they'll barely move so I can't get a clear playing of this recording. And it's so aggravating because, you know, my great aunt took the time to save these and preserve them in a box and hidden away. And I have them and I just can't play and listen to them. So that was another reason why this episode was late. I was trying to figure out a way to convert these recordings and I just can't. But if I Figure out a way, guys. I will fish through all of these tapes and I will get the best of the recordings. I will convert them and I will do a follow-up episode. Because, guys, I want you to hear these EVPs and the other paranormal evidence that we captured over these months. And also so you can hear the little chirp or whistle noise that started the whole paranormal activity in her home to begin with. So when I started this story, I told you her house wasn't always so paranormally active. It wasn't always a crazy place. It all started with the clock. And before I continue with this story, I'm actually going to let you all hear a call that was left on our hotline. And it's from my Aunt Phyllis telling the story of what happened at my great aunt Geneva's house and how everything got started to begin with and how it escalated. So here's that call now. Hi, I'm Jesse's Aunt Phyllis. Um, I'm going to tell you about uh, an experience we had at um, our aunt's house in Paris. She had some sort of entity, don't know what it is or was, that would make noises and knock at her in her house. It went on for a few months at the same time every night. Um, myself and my mother and my sister and sometimes Jesse was there. We uh, tried doing EVPs and 
sometimes you could understand what they were saying and sometimes not, but it all really seemed to be around, it all seemed to be around the clock that she had got at a yard sale because when that clock quit working and she threw it away, the noises all stopped. They were like knocking, um, different things like that. And um, she finally got her a recorder and we recorded it and would listen back. We would, you know, try asking questions, um, things like that. And it really wouldn't answer the questions, but it would say some things. And um, it kind of scared her. But um, there was one recording that it did. See, I was there, my mother was there, and, and my aunt was there. Um, and my aunt asked it, what did it want? Well, of course, we didn't hear it say anything, but she went to make coffee and um, make us all a cup of coffee. Um, and I listened to, I back the, rewound the tape, listened to it, and when it got to the part where my aunt was asking, what did it want? The voice came very clear on the recorder. I had never heard one before that clear. Um, and it was like a very deep, gruff, gravelly-type voice. And it actually said, I've come to take you back to hell with me. I did erase that, and I never told her what it said. Um I just, it just would, that would really have bothered her a whole lot. And so I just never told her what she said, but I have had listened to several of the EVPs and I have never heard one like that before. So, but like I said, after she got rid of the clock, because when it quit working, she threw it away, it never happened again. So that was just an experience I've had. Thanks. Thank you, Aunt Phil, for calling in and telling the things that you remembered from what happened at Aunt Geneva's house. This paranormal activity and strange activity started happening in 2005 in my great aunt's house, and it didn't end until around 2007. I don't remember this off the top of my head. The only way I know this is because, as I mentioned, my great aunt actually kept notes and she would date the papers when we would do EVP sessions of the time and the date. And she would write out each question that we asked and then she would listen back and then she would write in answers if she got answers. So I just, I love that I have this to look at and I'm actually going to scan some of these and take pictures and add them to the show notes so you guys can see that this is legit and I have this stuff in these tapes, I just can't play them. Because this was so many years ago in 2005, I was only 13, so it's kind of hard for me to remember everything that happened because I wasn't there each night and I don't know what all occurred. Given that I was only 13 years old, I couldn't drive a car. I couldn't go over there every night and investigate. If it was up to me, I probably would have been there every night. But I could only go when my mom would take me over there and I could go with her. Me, my brother, and my sister, and my mom, we would usually only go over there 
on like weekend nights as far as I remember because, you know, this was occurring at almost 10 o'clock at night and we would have school the next day on school nights. But everyone in our family started to become a little intrigued by what was going on at my great aunt's house. As you heard my aunt Phyllis say, this all started when my great aunt purchased a clock at a yard sale and she began hearing at the same time at night this little chirp sound. So my great aunt recorded this sound on a little micro cassette tape to listen and show people like, hey, this only happens once. It chirps once and doesn't do it ever again at any time of the day. So she would record it when it happens. And then she she noticed listening to the recording that there was a voice on the tape. And that's how it started, and that's how we figured out that this was paranormal activity, because originally we thought maybe this new clock that she got had like, you know, like a cuckoo clock, maybe it was set at a certain time, it would chirp or something, but that wasn't the case. When she recorded the noise and then she heard other voices on the tape, we knew there was something more to it. So then it became more of like a family thing. Me and my brother would go over there more so. My sister wouldn't go over there as much. She was a little older, and like she said in previous episodes, she doesn't really go looking for this stuff, but she was intrigued. So she went over there a few times, but me and my brother and my mom would go over there pretty frequently to try to get answers and figure out what this is. And it even got to the point where I invited my friend Marcus. I was like, hey, man, this crazy stuff is happening at my great aunt's house. You need to come check this out. But of course, the night that he came, nothing really happened. And as my Aunt Phyllis mentioned, sometimes we would ask questions and we wouldn't get answers. And in fact, I would venture to say majority of the notes that my aunt left and preserved over all these years are questions and that she wrote afterwards no answer. So it wasn't a back and forth very much in the beginning, but I do remember what started off as just random voices on the first recordings ended up becoming intelligent responses that we could communicate with. And as you heard my aunt say, it even got evil. I know it's not uncommon to hear of haunted houses or buildings or churches, but what about clocks? I'm not saying that this evil entity or spirit, whatever you want to call it, demon, I'm not saying that it was for sure attached to this clock that she purchased at this yard sale, but it is quite strange that all of this activity ceased as soon as she got rid of the clock. So as I said, since this happened so many years ago, I also asked my sister to call in and share what she remembered what happened at my great aunt's house. So here is her call now. So I don't really remember how old I was. I think I was probably around 15 or so. and um. My mom was telling me that at my great aunt's house, there were some really odd things going on, and she was hearing sounds and noises and things like that. They had started doing some recordings. Um, My grandmother came over and my mom's sister, and uh, I, I told my mom that I really wanted to go. I wanted to hear what was going on and try to figure it out as well. So this house is probably built in the 1930s. Um, 
could be a little earlier. I'm not for sure. But um, it's small, the main room in the center, and you've got a couple bedrooms off the side, kitchen and your bathroom. I get there, and we're they're all kind of sitting at a table in the living room. And when we sit down together, the sound that she was so concerned about was this beeping sound. Like, if I remember correctly, it's been so many years, it's really hard to remember. But I think it was like a beep or a kind of like a bell ring kind of noise that would happen the same time every day. So then she started recording it to show the other family, like, hey, this is happening at the exact same time every single day. It's really odd. We all went over there, and we're sitting down, and we wait for the sound, and we hear it. You can hear it outside of um, recordings, like in real life, you could hear it. So she showed us that everything that had batteries in it or anything like that, they had checked all that. They had taken it all out, could not figure out what was making the sound that happened the same time every day. And we started asking questions like, can you hear us? Who's there? Things like that. And we started getting responses. You couldn't hear them in real life, but you could hear them when you played the tape back. From what I remember, there were voices of a man, a woman, maybe like a younger teenage type girl, um, they would say things like, we would say, are you happy here? They would say no, but it was very interactive. And that was the part that was kind of strange. Um, I believe they gave us their names. I would have to go back and listen to recordings to get those because for the life of me, I cannot remember uh, the names of these people, but they would give their names. Um, are you happy that we're here? They would say things like, no. At first, they were very nice, and it was just cool to be interactive. But as time went, and the more often that we did this, it seemed like they become very aggressive. They would say they wanted us out or things like that. I believe that things started getting moved around the house. Um, you just didn't feel safe there. And it turned out that we, I honestly can't remember how we stopped going over there and what happened. I remember one thing that was really neat uh, on the tape was she had a bell that hung on the back door. And in the tape, you could hear the back door open and that bell chime um, is like jingle bells that hung down. And you could hear them move and the back door shut. But that did not happen when we were sitting in the house. Um, It was definitely one of the more interesting paranormal experiences I had just because of the actual communication back and forth. Um, It was more than just disembodied voices. It was, you know, basically a question and answer. Um, I... Like I said, I cannot remember how or why we quit going over there or what happened, but um, to end it, but it did eventually it ended. I want to say um, they went away. She stopped having the issues. She stopped hearing the sound, and things kind of went back to normal. But from my memory, this lasted 
for a couple weeks. Thanks, Brandy, for calling in your version of that story. Now, like I said, I wouldn't remember this if it wasn't for these notes, but this didn't happen over weeks. This was actually over, well, over a year. This continued to occur and build up and build up. So as my sister said, it started out nice, and then it just got more and more aggressive, like, we don't like you here. We started getting deeper and more aggressive voices, and they would answer more questions clearly. Now, my sister said that she couldn't remember the name that we got across on the recording, but I can, and I think it's a name I'll never forget. But I'm not going to be the one that tells you what that name was. I actually had my brother call in as well to tell his side of this story, and he remembers that name just as well as I do, and here's his call now. So this story happened back when I was anywhere from... 13 to 15 years old. I can't remember exactly how old I was, but it's been a while, so I'll try to remember everything. But I remember my mother coming home and talking about some weird stuff that had happened at her aunt's house. You know, me and my brother, we were curious, so we went over there. And it was every night, same time every night. I can't remember. It was maybe five or ten minutes before 10 o'clock at night. You would hear like a weird high-pitched, chirp noise it sounded like a bird chirp almost a single bird chirp at that time every night and we'd go over there every night and then one night i remember they they pulled out a voice recorder and started recording so we could have that noise recorded and upon playing it back you would hear voice answering questions in the background so that intrigued us all and then we would write down our questions before we got there and we'd go around the room asking the questions. And then when we would play the tape back, we would get answers to all the questions. Uh, it started out small, just talking to one person. And I can't remember exactly who asked the question at the time, but uh, someone asked, what is your name? And the voice that came across on the tape is Marcus Allen Rutherford. And, you know, you couldn't hear any of this stuff in real time. You you would hear, like, the doorbell ringing. And, you know, uh, then I think, like, a female voice started speaking as the more we talked and talked to these spirits. Well, then things kind of picked up, and you would hear knocks around the house. And then you'd still hear more answers and stuff in the ta- uh, tape recorder. And then I remember one night, this this may have been the last night I went over there. Um, You know, we did our normal stuff. We we, uh, asked questions. And then I remember hearing in the bathroom, it sounded like an aerosol can spray. And then something got thrown in to my aunt's bathtub and it was an old ceramic tub. She went in there and an air freshener aerosol can was rolling back and forth from the bottom of the tub. So something something had picked that aerosol can up, sprayed it, and threw it into the tub. And from the living room or the dining room where we all were sitting and usually did the recording, there was a hallway that went straight back to her kitchen. And I remember we had the recorder in the dining room, and then she had that idea to put a recorder on the counter in the kitchen. 
and then come back. Well, she would go in there and she would hit record on the tape recorder and start walking back into the dining room and the button would pop back up. I think she did that two or three times, but the last time she hit record and started walking back, the recorder got thrown off of the table. And it was just stuff like that that was happening. So it went from just this noise that reoccurred every night at the same time into basically poltergeist activity. And now, like I said, there's a lot of other things that happened there that you know, I, some of them I can't remember, and I'm also trying to keep this within a time frame. But uh, I think that was the last night I went over there, and it was starting to get a little too real, so I uh, I called it quits after that. And how she got rid of that ghost, um, I can't say for sure. And I've looked up the name Marcus Allen Rutherford. He couldn't really find anything on him. And he had talked about, like, in one of his responses that he had he had come from a farm or something like that. It, I, I wish I wish we still had like clear recordings of that. We could play it, but uh, yeah. So that's my story, and in short, I hope you enjoy it. Marcus Allen Rutherford. That's a name I really never will forget. I just remember being a kid, and I was just completely dumbfounded that you could record a conversation in real time with people in the room and then get a response of someone's voice with a real name that wasn't there. And like I've said in previous episodes, yeah, I grew up in a haunted house, but this was the first time I experienced anything like this. And I would say I have yet till this day experienced the poltergeist activity that we saw in that house. I distinctly remember everyone sitting around that dining room table that night and hearing the hiss of that aerosol can and the bang of it being thrown into that bathtub. It was it was something just crazy. It was bone chilling because you knew no one was in there yet that happened. And as my brother mentioned, this started getting extremely aggressive to the point to where it's physically turning off our digital recorders and throwing them across the room. You know, this type of stuff is extremely intriguing to people like me, and it's very interesting, but when this is happening in your home, the place where you're supposed to relax and can take it easy, it is very unsettling. I'm extremely thankful that this activity ended up stopping on its own without much intervention. And more importantly, without my great aunt getting hurt or having to leave her home. So as you can see, this paranormal activity seems to just kind of run in the family. And it's not just my immediate family. It seems to be kind of all over the place. And while we're on the topic of family, my Aunt Phyllis actually called back with a second story unrelated to my great aunt's house that I thought I would include as kind of a little bonus story in this episode. And strangely enough, it actually relates to my wife's episode of the doppelganger spirits that she saw. If you didn't listen to the last episode, I highly suggest you go back. My wife actually talked about seeing a entity that looked like a doppelganger of her brother, and she actually had a friend that saw a doppelganger of what looked like her. And if you're unfamiliar with what a doppelganger is, it's actually a lookalike, and it's an unrelated person 
and it looks exactly like you or someone else that you know. In modern society and slang, we kind of use the term doppelganger loosely. If someone kind of resembles someone, we'd be like, oh, he's your doppelganger. But in mythology, a doppelganger is actually portrayed as a ghostly or paranormal phenomenon and is usually seen as a foreshadowing of bad luck. Other traditions and stories equate the doppelganger as an evil twin. So here is my aunt's story about her doppelganger experience. Take a listen. Jesse, I'll tell you one more story that happened to your aunt. Um, Another, an uncle lived next door to Granny, to our grandmother and my aunt. And we were all over to, at the time, we were at Granny's. And then we were sitting over on the patio at my uncle's house. Um, Granny asked me to go go into her house and get her something out of her living room. So I went through the back door and into the and went and so I when I went in the back door you go through the kitchen, then a little hallway in the dining room and then in the next room, which you would come in the front door off of the front porch. You would come in that door and you're in the living room. Um, my uncle was sitting in a the chair there in the living room. He asked me to sit down, let's talk. We sit down and talked. I know five, ten minutes. I mean, I can't remember what we were talking about, but I mean, it was just chit-chat, nothing really important. And I finally told him, I called him by name and told him I better go. Granny had sent me in to get something. And um, he said, okay. And I got whatever it was Granny had sent me in the house for, went back out, and there he was sitting on the back patio and I asked him kind of jokingly, I said, did you, run, did you run out that front door and run around the back of the house to beat me out here? And he asked me what I was talking about. So I told him. And then, I mean, I was just a kid at the time. I wasn't an adult or anything. And I might have been 13, 14 years old at the most, maybe 15. And, um they all told me, everybody that was sitting there on the patio said he hadn't left. And so I just thought that was really strange. And I don't know what that, but I know it was my uncle. Looked like my uncle, sounded like my uncle. And every, the conversation we had was something that he would have said, you know, would have said to me. So just wanted to share. Thanks. Thanks again, Aunt Phyllis, for calling back and adding that additional story. Now, this doppelganger experience is pretty crazy. Unlike my wife's stories, my aunt actually sat down and had a conversation with this doppelganger spirit. And I say spirit because I don't know what else to call it. I don't know if this is some sort of time slip or there's some alternate reality where maybe the it slipped through somehow. I have no idea. But I have heard some crazy stories involving doppelgangers and even people seeing their future and past selves. So if you have any sort of experience like this or any other kind of strange or unusual experience that you want featured on this show, please do not hesitate to call that hotline and reach out on our website.
But that's going to do it for tonight's episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed the hotline calls coming in. I hope now you can hear what the hotline will be like and how to use it. And I highly encourage you guys to call it if you have a story. So take care, everybody, and have a good rest of the week. Bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.